Hey, hey, welcome to Bonus Barrel. Let's get used to it <laughs> out there. It's the Robin Seiji show. That's right. So, what's new, Seiji? Nothing much. I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Still playing that? That's my gaming life now. I'll catch some fish. <laughs> Collecting a lot of manila clams. Do you know what those are? Nope. Why, but let's explain it. What, what so is you're what's walking down the beach, right? Yeah. And then you see this like squirt coming out of the of the sand, mm. and then you know. That there's uh, there's something under that sand. So you go there okay. with your trusty shovel. Yeah. And then you dig it out, and that's it. You get a manila clam. With oh. one manila clam, you can craft mm -hmm. fish bait. Oh, there you go. Right. And with fish bait, you force yeah. uh, fish spawning. Okay. So <laughs> my gaming days lately have been mostly digging out those manila clams, crafting fish bait because you see in in this new game you can craft one thing at a time so it takes a while to craft uh the fish bait so i go okay yeah i take them out and then i go and craft the fish bait and then i go to the pier and try to spawn the fish that i need it sounds like uh an mmo yes thing. like when i played what world of warcraft it's like okay yes it sounds it yeah sounds there's right. a lot of grinding for sure <laughs> Oh, and one other thing. Sega is really excited about Sonic's future, but can't reveal anything right now. But that makes me think maybe some good Sonic games are going to come out. Man, Sonic is so... I like Sonic. I, I mean, I like Sonic too. It's just so devalued. <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard bit, eh? to get excited about anything yeah. Sonic because they, they, they I, I think they have like a good marketing team and they... They make it seem like, oh, this is the good one, you know, this is it, right? This is the yeah, <laughs> because yeah. everybody's like, oh, Sonic was cool, right? But then it's like garbage game after garbage game, and then like, like there's one like there might be um, like a good one, or it look it, it looks because they go with this with this message of like, okay, so we acknowledge that you know the past Sonic game wasn't that that good, but hey, this is the one, and then comes out and it's garbage, and then. Yeah. So right. it always they, they always well, make it seem like like hey this is the one. I feel like one and four are good. Like uh, Sonic Mania was great. Sonic Forces, although hilarious to play, was not. I would not say it was mm -hmm. great. And then I'm sure there's been other Sonic games too before those. But then like Sonic Colors was good, and Sonic Generations is pretty good. But then there was like Werewolf Sonic and Sonic and the Black Knight. Actually, that one's not that bad either. But, and then Sonic 06. Yeah, most I think more questionable than not. But it, you know, I respect that the the blue blur is still going around, still spinning around. Sonic Boom, swooping. Yeah, <laughs> it's been going through. Uh, what are those? Um, is it just a loop de loop? Is that what they call? What? I don't know the name. I don't know the name. When you know he runs around, I think it's a loop de loop. Oh, okay. The, the, the classic Sonic iconic. I can't believe my brain is is fried at that to the point where I can't mm -hmm. remember. I know what you mean. Unless I'm right, I could just be right. 
All right, I'm done. Knockout! You want to go on to the topic? Yeah. All right, cool. Up next, Tubman! Well, Cuphead and his Pelmug man, they like to roll the dice. By chance they came upon Devil's Game, and gosh, they paid the price. Paid the price. And now they're fighting for their lives on a mission fraught with dread. And if they proceed but don't succeed, well, the devil will take their heads. Okay, well, we're back. Uh, lately, Sagey and I, because uh, it's mostly just Sagey and I doing this, we now just throw games up that we want to play and see if anyone else wants to join us for the episode. And uh, so far, the last two. No. But this one is Cuphead! Another hard indie treat, much like Hollow Knight and Celeste. I, I picture them all as the same kind of vein of tough indie games with platforming elements and, and distinct art styles. You know, I've been trying to bait Lef and Shelby, and I thought this was going to be the one. Yeah, I don't know. I can't believe... Yeah, because you think with Shelby it would have been like, oh, the animation right? and stuff is beautiful. Of course I want to check this out. And with Lef, you're like, I like hard games. Dude. I'm Lef. And neither one of them yeah. wanted to. <laughs> it's almost like a mini game for us now. We'll we'll just pick games to see if they would be interested. Thinking like, okay, well, this time we've got it. This time they're going to want to mm -hmm. play because of this game. And then uh, we'll see if it ever works. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep tempting with games that we think appeal to people and then be surprised. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You know who Cuphead did appeal to? Mm -hmm. This guy right here. Yes. Me. I also love art. And that was what That's sucked true. me into Cuphead. Um, but I also went into Cuphead thinking, okay, everyone's saying how insanely hard this game is. I don't really like hard games very much because I'm bad at them. But I love the art style, so I want to play it. So my but so my first foray into Cuphead, I guess I'm getting right into it, was on Steam around the time it came out. But I'm not really much of a PC gamer, unless it's like Overwatch. I don't really play much on my PC. So I kind of just, it just kind of fizzled out. It was hard. I'm like, oh, this is pretty, but I couldn't get into it because it's on PC. And then I, I, you know, the Switch came out, or rather the Switch is already out. I'm like, okay, I'm hoping at least Cuphead will eventually come on Switch. So when it does, I will buy it. So I kind of put off playing Cuphead, but then of course you chose it or we chose it for the show. And I was like, all right, I'm going to play it. There's no way I'm going to get past the first island. That was, that was my thought going into this game. Uh, but somehow it wasn't as bad. I don't know what it was, what happened, but I was playing it. I'm like, this is fun. And I was playing... Um, another game on my PlayStation. I think I was playing Resident Evil 2, actually, uh, while playing this. So I, so I would pick up Cuphead over the course of, like, a week or two. No, longer than that, like, a couple weeks, three weeks. I would pick up and do some fights. Or if I was burned out for while doing another task or something, I would stop. and like, all right, I'll play a few rounds of this. So I played it, like, almost like a mobile game. Mm -hmm. Or played sometimes. Pick up, play for five, ten minutes, get frustrated mm -hmm. sometimes. Put it back down. And over time, I just started whittling my way through Cuphead. And although difficult, and I did get stuck on a lot of bosses, it wasn't so hard that I, I never felt like I couldn't do it eventually. It got to the point where 
the yes some bosses did get me frustrated enough to be actually angry i will admit to that there are there are a handful that were so hard for me that i just they took me hours to beat but then you know other ones were like okay this is hard but i can see i can i can do this i'm not frustrated i'll just take a break and so over time i just kind of got through it and and then you're gonna get more and more into it the farther you get you feel like you're better like i'm getting really good at this game i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep playing um and i and i wanted to beat it for this game but i never dreamed for for this episode sorry but i never dreamed i would beat this game because i i've heard how hard it is and and it, it is can be very unforgiving like we're so used to games with checkpoints and stuff and every and i've been playing this and like okay a checkpoint here would be fantastic and would make the game a lot easier but it doesn't do that but the levels are also so short that once you're once you're progressing in it, it doesn't take too long to get back to where you were with the exception of maybe the last the second to last stage in the game which we'll eventually talk about but like you, you can just keep going at it and and you just get better and then and just like with celeste in a way but unlike celeste i just found it more fun and accessible i don't know why but with celeste it's just one screen after another but with cuphead it was like one event after another it's like i'm gonna fight the carrot boss and that and that that's the event i don't know it's not like i'm like i'm not trying to make myself through like six hard screens to get to another screen it was like this is this is almost like this is the episode and i'm and i'm playing this episode that was my thoughts going into cuphead for this episode what about you say you tell me about your pre cuphead life so I, I think there are gaming events right there are gaming milestones you can have a really good game you can have a, a 10 out of 10 game that this, that's actually mm. forgettable and there's a lot of reasons yeah, to sure. that, right it might be on a platform that is not that popular it might be because it's it's like a sequel in a series that is not so popular or because the art style mm. is pretty bland, not bland, because a lot of games can be pretty for, for different kinds of people. But I, I think there is a category of, of aesthetics right now that they're just like, the, the way I imagine it is like, oh, Unreal Engine demo kind of art style, yeah. which is a lot of polygons. and I know what you mean. Ultra realistic. Not stylized at all. It's just it's well not or barely stylized. It's super real. It's beautiful to look at. You you get immersed into the game because you make me think of uh, Un Uncharted. I love Uncharted, and it's a beautiful game. But when I don't think back to the art style of the game, like when I think of the game, I think of the story and the gameplay. Not like and yeah, and I'll say comma. It's beautiful, but I, I'm not like there's nothing distinctive for me to to call out on it. It's it it looks like yeah. a real thing beautiful environments and stuff i'm more i i'm more memorable of the concept art than i am of the actual game like i think more about the art actual art that goes into making them sorry to derail you it's just that what you're saying resonated yeah, with i me. mean this is really unfair for a lot of games but to say you take a screenshot of a background and in yeah. most games you can't really tell which game it is right right because it's just like real places mm -hmm. yeah it's of. like a rock and like okay so that's a rock. I don't know what game it is. I was just saying, the more grounded the game is, the, the more that's yeah. going to happen. The more, the more realistic. Because I was thinking of like Final Fantasy fifteen had distinct um, architecture and landscape stuff. Like parts of the game where there's like crazy spiral, like crags sticking out of the ground and crystals and stuff. So even though that's an ultra realistic looking game, it's more memorable to me. The, the locations are more memorable in my brain than an Uncharted game. Uh, because Uncharted is so routed, rooted in reality that uh, it's hard to remember specific locations. Whereas, so theme can also change, also add to that kind of equation. 
as well. So the more realistic you are, the more grounded you are, the more forgettable I think the visuals become. I think it's an unfair thing to say about the art style of games because uh, a lot of people work really, really hard on them. Oh, absolutely. And me favoring, you know, very particular art styles, it's unfair. But it is what I think, uh, regardless, right? It, it is how we, I evaluate certain games. Like I tend to value or maybe overvalue um, personality over technical prowess. Mm. But once in a while, you have a game that um, just hits that sweet spot of it looks in a, uh, in a certain way that is so, so distinguishable. Also, you have a game yeah. that um, the, in, there are many games that are like that, but are bad or not so good. And then you have games that are actually good. And most games are not good in the sense of being notable because they are good, right? Mm. Sometimes you get a game that is really, really good and a game that looks really, really good and a game that has something special going on for it. And I call that a gaming milestone. And Cuphead for me was that for a very long time, but it's a game that because it was on Xbox and because on or, or on PC, and I don't want to really make the effort to play it on either of those platforms. I just kind of like recognize it as something really extraordinary in gaming, but never played it. So when I saw that it was mm. the, the, the other day, and this is something that I, I found myself doing very frequently in these uh, times that we're living, which is uh, exploring the mm. uh, eShop. Especially like the deal section, yeah. right? To see. I mean, too, me too, especially lately. I, I've been checking them out a lot to the point where I filled my 128 gig card and didn't realize <laughs> it. And I thought I had like, I thought I had like a 30 one. I'm like, I'm going to buy a new one. I went on Amazon, bought a new one and checked my memory and realized I had 128 already. So I have to wait until 256s are mm -hmm. affordable. That was a new <laughs> Back to you. No, the same, man. Like I, I've, I've been <laughs> buying little games. I see like that 90% off tag and... Like I, oh, I, yeah, I have some too. games that I've, I haven't played yet, but they were so cheap that I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. Absolutely. So I saw Cuphead in there. He had some discount and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like I've been, I knew about this game from E3. You know, sometimes I would watch the Microsoft conference. I'll get very bored, but they always have something that looks interesting. And Cuphead was that for a few years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> developed by studio mdhr and when you look at the core people that are behind this game their brothers or siblings um chad and jared okay. moldenhauer and there's also maria and ryan moldenhauer so there's like four moldenhauers and yeah family. so there's a lot of family involved in here so mdhr must be you know uh, moldenhauer. moldenhauer of course yeah they're canadian i think they're in ontario and yeah oh really sketch one i think they wanted to develop this game for a very, very long time, but they didn't have like the actual tools. And then they got inspired by Super Meat Boy when it was released in 2010. And they they started again and they had a lot of different concepts. And ultimately, I think there was some there was some concept about like a, a tank transforming into a cup or something like that. And that's how they ended up with the concept of Cuphead. And they grew up watching... 30s cartoon 
shorts like the ones from Fleischer Studios, which I think this is the, the most reminiscent of all art styles. They, they call it, I think, rubber hose animation. Yeah. Very squishy kind of movement. And I think that for the longest time they had this idea of having a game look like that. It took longer than they thought, of course. I mean, it's super ambitious. Like if you look at videos of early prototypes, it looks a little bit different. And I think um, it's also, it was just going to be like a bus run. It was going to be a shorter game and it was going to be released mm. in episodes. You know, to, around 2010, that was like a big idea, right? Yeah. The thing that is the most distinguishable is the, the art cell. You want to talk a little bit about that? I think you basically covered the most of it. It's just reminiscent of 30s cartoons. Uh, I know Shelby mentioned Steamboat Willie and that's, Probably one of the first things I think of too, but I, I think there's more uh, that they're drawing from that time period. But I'm not like traditionally not a big fan of of uh, animation and stuff from that time period. I'm not really an animation like guru either. I'm more interested in like concept art and creature design and stuff. But like aesthetically, it is wonderful. But the, yeah, the backgrounds remind me a lot of like Disney backgrounds from like the 30s, like Snow White and and uh, whatever else came around that mm -hmm. time frame. Um, very fluid animation. I think they did most as traditional, if I'm not mistaken, which is insane. Because if they did this via like uh, cell sheets or or just on and like looking through the art book, I'm pretty sure that's how they were doing it by hand. Is insane. That's not how things are usually done nowadays. It's it's not very cost effective because of how long it takes to do those types of things. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming they did these on pencil, then scanned them, and then probably cleaned them up digitally would be my guess. And I'm sure that the answer lies. It's easy to find somewhere. I saw a video. It was uh, animated traditionally with you know pencil and paper. Mm. Uh, they were inked also traditionally on paper. Oh, Jesus. And then they were scanned and painted digitally. And the only okay. reason they painted digitally, it was actually not for uh, saving time. Well, just for saving time. Uh, they said it looked better if they painted digitally. Like it looked more traditional if they painted digitally, you yeah. know. Yeah, and that, but that's, that's an insane undertaking because that's just not how we do stuff in games generally. It's just it's too long to do it that way. It's too much investment, and uh, and although the results are indeed different, like those, they're so it's so fluid and beautiful, and you can tell there's not that little bit of stiffness stiffness that you often get in like flash flash type animation. I know flash isn't necessarily used as much anymore, but I guess you could say digital animation. Absolutely, you can achieve that fluidity but like in, in working in games so you know sometimes games only have like four frames of animation i'm thinking of a specific one for for the character walk cycles and stuff and and in this you know they they probably did it on 24 frames a second the animation loops and stuff like that they're done in 24 frames but the gameplay is 60 so it's interesting because it feels very fluid right when you're playing it yeah. but if you're just looking at it it looks very traditional so there's this weird disconnect that actually works out in the end when you're playing this game because you feel like you're playing a cartoon, right? You you don't you, you don't feel yeah it does feel you like don't that. feel like they're overimposed images or anything like that. It's per and they do that uh, awesome uh, animation like uh, so I don't know what you want to call it technique or whatever, but a thing that I always enjoy about a lot of I mean it's done in anime and stuff too. It's basically the characters themselves are kind of a flat color, maybe of one shading. And then the backgrounds were like hand painted. Yeah. And it helps them contrast against the background so you can still see the characters and stuff, but it still fits together very nicely. And just like looking just at the screenshots you have here, it's just, any of these could look like a cartoon. 
perfectly. And, but they're in, in motion, it's even better. Although you kind of forget it sometimes while you're playing because you're trying desperately not to die. <laughs> gameplay itself kind of to, to merge that into the topic of, of how great it looks because you can talk about how great it looks forever um the so on on its surface it's i guess you call it maybe a running gun and also mostly a boss fight arena in a lot of ways there are a few stages where they're like a side scroller and then a few horizontal shoot 'em ups stages where you're in a plane so largely each island i think they have like one or two of the regular stages the shoot 'em ups and the uh running gun stages uh, so when you're in your normal stages, you, you generally have full control over Cuphead to the point like you can obviously move, jump, dash. You have a special ability. You can have two weapons equipped and you can switch between the two of them. You can also hold a button and stand in place but shoot in any direction. I almost never use that the entire game. And then your super attack, which is filled up as you're playing. And then in the shoot 'em up stages, or rather the flying stages, instead of a dash, you can shrink your plane to avoid obstacles and you only have you you have like a straight shot ahead and then you have a bomb at, like a bomb that drops lower and you could pair oh yeah pairing that's another huge yeah. part of the game so some items and they're always marked by being pink you can hit the jump button and parry them and you can do that in both of those types of stages so the controls are actually really simple but you got to you got to master them to, to get anywhere in this game so as you mentioned, there are two types of stages. There's the bosses, which is just uh, yep. I would say gaming-wise, very traditional, right? It's like pattern recognition. Yeah. They have different stages, and then you beat them. Yeah. Progress is based on beating these bosses and getting their soul contracts. The purpose of going through the run and gun stages, I guess you could beat this game without going to those stages because I think that the main reason you go through those stages is to get the coins. And you want coins to get different weapons and charms. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You're right. You don't have to beat them. It never occurred to me. I just beat every all of them <laughs> because they're notes in the map. So you kind of like just like I have to beat it. Yeah. Yeah. But the the game is not linear in that sense, right? You're put in an aisle, and then you can walk around, and you can always find different ways to get to old notes. Um, when you beat a stage, I guess mm. they they'll give you like a bridge, or they'll they'll open up a, a door. But I, I always found a way to just navigate even maybe through secret passages or stuff like that. But it's not linear. That's what I'm saying. Like there's no stage one, then two, and then three. In that vein, a minor complaint about the game is that it tricks you a little bit. It thinks, oh, look, there's an easy mode or a simple mode and a hard mode that you can choose in each fight. And you think, well, this game is brutally hard, but I won't experience what it has to offer. So I'll play through the easier stages. But uh, you're going to find out real ca that you're capped real soon because you need soul uh, contracts to even mm -hmm. get to the next island. And you don't get those from easy mode. You can only get yeah. them from regular mode and higher. So that kind of sucks in a way. Cause I, I, but it's bittersweet. I'm happy in the end that I had to stick to the hard stuff because I want, because I feel like I accomplish more by doing it this way. But if you're a person who really, really can't stand the idea of a hard game, but want to play a game like this, it does suck that you can't really progress too far because of that. So there's a, there's a negative. Let's talk about the plot of the game a little bit. So 
and and then we'll go into into sure. these progression things because I I do have an uh, a thought about that. So in Cuphead, you have Cuphead and Mugman, which are brothers, and they live with the elder Kettle. And then one day, uh, these two boys go to the casino. I think they're playing scraps, right? They're playing a dice game. And they're doing really well. And then they get a little bit ambitious and the devil proposes them that they could get all the money in the casino if they do one more... I don't really know scraps, so I don't know what the terminology here. And I, I don't know really what, what 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 is it that they were... Uh, what type of, of dice combination they were trying to throw. But they throw the wrong one and, <laughs> and the devil gets their souls. And then they beg for their souls. And the devil tells them, hey, if you can get me the soul contracts of all these guys that owe me, then you can keep your souls. I think that's generally the uh, the theme of the game, right? Yes. Now, go back to the progression. You're going through these worlds. There are four worlds or aisles. And each aisle, there are bosses and there are uh, running gun stages. The thematical reason why you're going and beating these bosses is so basically you are a... Like like Rocky in, in in the first Rocky movie. <laughs> oh, Enforcers? Yeah, so you're basically that for the devil. In you could say game. debt collectors if you aren't, but I think Enforcer is the word. Yeah, in order to go from one world to the other, you have to get some number of contracts. I don't think you even have to get all of the contracts in an aisle, I think. No, I thought you did. Regardless, I always get all of them. Like, I wouldn't go from one aisle to the other without yeah, playing yeah. every single stage. And now, when you go into a boss fight, it gives you two options, right? I think it's easy and regular. Yes. I always play the, the easy first. Really? Yeah. Because if the stage had like, let's say three stages, it will show you like two of those stages. Okay. And it's easier, right? So you go and get used to it a little bit. So it was like a trial run. That's that's the way I saw it. And I, I didn't see it like the, the easy difficulty of the game. I saw it like more of a, okay, so I'm going to try. You know, like in Mar in Mario Party, before going into into the actual mini game, they'll give you like a trial run, and you can try for a while, and then actually go uh, to play the, the the game. Yeah, but it's funny, kind of funny, because it illustrates how we think differently. To me, I thought it was a waste of time. I was like, I look at this, and I'm like, this is going to get me nothing because I did it once, and like, I need why even bother? I'm just going to keep grinding against final mm -hmm. boss, and that's how I saw it. I was like, that's stupid. This is going to do nothing for me. I'm just going to just gonna throw my slam my face against the wall trying to beat these bosses mm -hmm. uh, right from the get go. I mean, mentally, it was doing something for me. Yeah, no, it makes sense because I would go to a new boss, and every single boss has this sort of a cognitive climb, and to me, it's really hard to die really early on. Like if if I go into a stage and it's super hard, I see all these projectiles flying everywhere, and then I die, and I try a couple of times, and I can't progress at all. It demotivates me, and then I'll I'll go back to Animal Crossing because I was <laughs> I was playing <laughs> this in between my Animal Crossing sessions, right? When I play the easy mode, I could progress further, and I could mm. sometimes beat it like on my first try, not the first life, but on like the first time I will try, yeah, yeah. I'll die a couple of times, and then I'll go like, okay, so I, I get it, and then you progress a little bit. So once you get to the uh, regular difficulty, what happens is that you know the first part of the boss because you already practiced a lot, and then you can focus on practicing the later parts of the stage. That's how I was tackling this. Did you do that for most of the stages? For most of them. In the end, I wasn't doing it anymore. But at the beginning of the game, it really helped me getting used to the controls. Because the controls are weird. 
I feel. Mainly because of the positioning of, of the action. Did you remap your buttons? Because I remapped mine about halfway through and that helped a, a lot. No, I, I try to play the games as they are intended. And that dash button in the X yeah, position, awful. it was so hard to, to tap. I kept it in the X position when I switched mine around, but I, I changed the firing and jumping. Oh, and okay. Yeah, so I used the shoulder buttons for shooting, almost like a horizontal shooter. So uh, I think L L one for shooting, really, and then I had yeah, and I used uh, triangle or sorry uh, X for dashing, Y for jumping, A was my weapon. No, R one was my weapon switch, R two was my my super attack, and yeah, so both that's how I played most of the game. Once I switched that, it was way better. This is the third game in a row where we have 2D platforming, yep. we have jumping, yep, <laughs> dashing, some form of double jumping, <laughs> which in this game is the parry. Then you yeah. have dashing in different directions. And in all of these games, the button configuration is different. So it messed up with me in the beginning. Like I, I couldn't, same with Celeste. In Celeste, yeah. I, was, I was struggling with that. And then I was struggling with that in Cuphead. But Again, like I, I don't know what the game's gonna throw at me later in the game. So I was like, nope, I'm gonna keep the buttons as they are and then just get used to it. No, that's, that's a fine, fine way to do it. I usually don't honestly mess around with buttons either, but I was finding, and I, I think when you see the dash, that really resonated with me. I'm pretty sure the dash was just driving me nuts when I was playing it. And uh, then I read them line somewhere about people's said like i was looking for like cuphead tips and tricks and stuff and like a lot of it came up kept saying switch the buttons around and then i was like you know what i'll try it and i liked it more that way and it made it bearable difficulty this game i think it's famous for being hard yeah um but i didn't find it that hard it's challenging you and i differ here because i found some bosses extremely hard mm -hmm. and otherwise otherwise i would say it's challenging like mm -hmm. for the most part like i never i was very few bosses that i would have got through in one try uh maybe none but you know there were a lot of the bosses i would say the bulk of them let's say 60 percent where i would be like I know I'm losing, but I will get this soon. And I'm not, I'm chill about it because I know eventually I'm going to get this. Versus a few bosses where I'm like, I can't fucking get this. I keep, <laughs> keep fucking up. I'm getting really angry. And I'd, I'd have to put it down in frustration multiple times. Uh, so there was definitely a handful of those bosses for me. But in general, though, it was worth the frustration because I, there is no cheat around. Exactly. There's no, there's no, there's no, like, you can't, you don't give in and be like, all right, I'm just going to use save states or I'm going to put it on easy or I'm going to use a code. There, there's none of that. And it felt a little reminiscent of games from the 80s. So those it's impossibly hard games, except for these, this game is much more fair because the mechanics are polished. But like, you just memorization and trying over and over again. And those are games, like, if I go back and play those games, like when we play Castlevania, I will use modern stuff like save states and shit. You have to because I don't I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to keep replaying it over and over again. But you can't with Cuphead. So I felt really fucking good when I beat a stage. Like I I got like a rush of endorphins or something because I'm like, 
yes, I did it. And I did it. It was me. And there was no help, no handholding. I didn't play co-op. Uh, I just learned it and got better at it. And it felt really good. Yeah. Which is counterintuitive to how it seems when you first start. Because, like, like for example, a friend of the show, Jordan, never beat the first island. And couldn't get past it and got too frustrated and haven't tried it since. Although she mm-hmm. says she wants to go back to it because she likes the game. But yeah. didn't uh, had a hard time. So I feel like, but I feel like once you beat that first island, you have enough of the idea of the game to know that you can keep going. That you know eventually you'll you'll beat the the, the bosses and and, and uh, proceed. I think you're right. I think that the first isle would be the most challenging, in the sense that if you can get through it, then you know yeah. it, it's possible, and you get the gist of the game. Like that's gonna be the rhythm. Yeah. That's gonna be the challenge that you have to overcome. Is most is mostly that is mostly just yeah. going in, learning the pattern, performing. But really, like, like wait, what you were mentioning about older games, yeah, like some games in the third generation, they're kind of like this that that they're hard, and then you learn the pattern and you execute. Yeah. But they're so so punishing, and sometimes they're not even that fun, right? Yeah, like, that's true. Like some some of these games have like really really good parts, and then some other parts you just want to go through it. But in this game, like every single boss has something to offer even if it might not be the most interesting in the gameplay which i don't think is the case in this game but you you might find some some bosses more interesting than other but really the art style is what carries this game it's so good like every single one really feels like you know how they they introduce every stage like a real um, battle of the story they'll say something like the name of the character like grim matchstick in yeah Fury Frolic. Right, right. They have like a title card for their for their episode, so to speak. And it is like that. You go in there yeah. and it's like a short. And if you're like something that was really, really interesting is that Erica was like watching me play and she was like, yeah, keep playing. It's interesting to watch <laughs> because it looks like a cartoon, right? It, it does. And, and, and it looks insane, especially later you get on. Like you look, especially to a person who doesn't play these games, you kind of look like a, a badass because you're like... You know, the, the projectiles and stuff is so insane. And if you haven't played this game, you look at it, you're like, how the fuck do you even play this? How do you even, like, how could you even move your character? There's so much stuff going on. Yeah, you feel and so like, proficient, right? Yeah. And to a person who's not played it, like, it looks it looks kind of impressive. Uh-huh. Because it's so much going on. And you think, how do you even keep track of that? It's kind of like going from, like, easy to expert in a game like Kadar Hero. You know, you look like a badass when you're playing an expert, <laughs> even even though it's not that much different from the other yeah. modes. Um, be- yeah. Before we go into uh, the rest of the bosses and stuff, I want to talk yeah. about the some of the gameplay systems that sure. this game has. Um, in in Cuphead, you have uh, I think three different slots in which you can oh, yeah. in which you can slot in either a weapon or a super attack and a charm. So you have three 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 it's slots: one for weapon. Five. Super, uh, oh, yeah, two for weapons. You have your first weapon, you have your secondary yeah. weapon, you have a super attack, and then you have yeah. a charm that will give you yeah. some special ability. The weapons, which was your favorite ones? So when I, so I think around half the, halfway through the game is when I had uh, enough coins to have a few that uh, to choose from. So initially I started off using Pea Shooter the most, obviously. Uh, but I also used the Chaser a lot. It was Pea Shooter and Chaser right up until the third island and maybe even most of the third island and then i experimented a little bit with the lobber i never tried the roundabout and i didn't try the charge 
Uh, I tried spread here and there, and I liked it, but I, I just I found I got the most out of pea shooter and chaser. But the last few stages, I switched out my pea shooter with the spread, and for like the last fight in the game, I used the spread by itself. I didn't even like after like first I didn't, but when I switched the spread, I didn't even use the pea shooter anymore or the chaser anymore. But I would say the most I used besides your default weapon, which again is pea shooter, it was the chaser. Yeah, that was my most used because some of the bosses. They have some patterns that make you run in different directions, going up and down, yeah, and absolutely. it was just uh, much easier. You to, can focus on, on to it, keep yeah. the fire button pressed. So, so real quick, <laughs> pea shooter is a hor- it does uh, average damage, horizontal shot. Of course, you can hold down one of the buttons and, and shoot in multiple directions, but I never played that way because I never stood still. Uh, the lobber would just be like you, almost like bouncy balls that you would drop out uh, that would kind of roll on the ground, and that did heavy damage. Uh, I never used to charge, but it's basically you would hold in the button to do a charge shot, and then it would do a lot of damage, but you have to keep charging it to shoot it. The roundabout, I think you sh- you if you faced backwards, it would do more damage. It would just kind of go in front of you and then shoot back. Uh, the spread shot was short range, but like a little shotgun, it shot three projectiles, but again, they fade out pretty fast. And then the chaser does the lowest damage, but it homes in on your target. Yeah. So, you know, it, it takes more hits, but you can focus on on not getting killed by everything else going on. So, like Seiji, I use the chaser most of the time. And it felt like cheating uh, a little bit, to be honest with you. A little bit, but well, well here there's another there's another item that I used for a few stages, and that was not, that was for the uh your power-ups or whatever, your charms. I used very rarely, but for a little while I used the uh the extra life one the one that gave you four hp instead of three mm-hmm. but it also lowers your damage so that with the with the chaser is a bad combo but i think there's a few plane stages because you couldn't use a chaser anyways that i switched to the extra life but for the most part i use for charms i used the one that made your dash uh teleport oh, really? the hell that's yeah i didn't even try the other charms which one did you use the health one the first one that i got is that the one that gives you one extra hit point Oh wow! Really? Yeah, I, I didn't I used... look back. <laughs> oh man! I knowing that my damage was lowered again, especially with the chaser. I I didn't. Uh, but I so because I used the the dash almost in almost the entire game. Like you, I in, in some ways I almost never looked back. Uh, how how does the regular dash work? Is it just like a horizontal jump? The like regular go... dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like the dash in Hollow Knight. Okay, well, this dash is like the dash in Hollow Knight where you disappear and don't take any damage oh i see what you mean so basically i would avoid entire like for like here's an example the uh the 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 the, um poker chip boss when he's charging through i could just phase right through him i use that so much well again the entire game i couldn't take it off uh that will be distracting for me oh really i got really used to it yeah because i would actively try to avoid damage instead of doing something else i mean i was actively avoiding it too just via teleporting <laughs> uh, that's, that's fascinating that's really cool yeah i know i would I, it saved my ass a lot of times too where i'm about to take a hit or an enemy was about to land on me and or land right in front of me but i was able to dash right out of the way without taking any damage was was satisfying that's cool though use the hp that's very interesting you had another chance. Yeah. It helps. But it makes the stages longer, though. Especially with homing. I didn't Your even... stages must have... Because I only use that charm. Like, I don't... Yeah, so you're just used to it, right? 
But I I only did like one pass of each boss, and I always did it with that charm. <laughs> so oh, I wouldn't know what's a shorter version. What about super? Which one did I was you? Ask you. Which one did you use more? I hated the invincibility. It always threw me off, and I never felt it really helped me. I actually liked the uh, energy beam the most. Uh, so eventually, I just took off because the giant ghost I used for a little while, but I didn't really like it either. So I just used the uh, energy beam for the most part. What about you? For the most part, I used the energy beam, but I did use the giant ghost uh, in a bunch of bosses, and mainly because I love the animation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is pretty cool. Yeah, it yeah. it felt really really special. But in some stages, it was very hard to pull on because how it works is that you spawn this giant ghost, and you can move it around. But if you want to move it to the left, you actually have to walk to the left. So it was kind of wonky sometimes. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, but I it, see. It just, it just goes across the opposite direction. Yeah, but in some stages where, let's say, um, it was like a really big boss and you really don't have to like worry about platforming, you can do tons of damage. And okay. and let's say if, uh, I don't remember in which one, but if the, the hit point or the collision box is on the upper part of the screen, it was ideal because then the energy beam is kind of hard to pull off because you have to either like jump and like yeah. align yourself with the with the collision box but with the other one you could just like summon the ghost and it goes upward immediately so it will do a lot of damage if you can keep mm. it in that area of the screen talk about uh, bosses yes oh man they're so 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 much fun yes we can't go through every one of them so do you want to talk about like maybe a favorite and, and a most challenging per island for sure yeah so you want to start with the first one you have uh, the root pack goopy legrande ruby and croaks hildeberg and cacne carnation i literally don't remember hildeberg at all like i know i beat it because i beat all of them but out of all the first world ones i don't even remember fighting that one I must have really got through it fast mm -hmm. because it didn't stick out. Um, I don't know. I like the carrot boss Me a too. lot just because of the design of it. Me too. And it was a fun, it's a fun fight too. Yeah. It's a great level one boss and it has a, a lot of humor, I think. The one that worked the best for me, especially the carrot. I loved it. I think Ribby and Croaks were the most challenging one for me for that island. Um, just because of the back and forth between the two of them. Uh, where like one will change it to a different item. So you have to kind of track both enemies at the same time. So I think on the first island, that's the one I probably had the most trouble with. But in hindsight, none of them are hard. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, it will be uh, Hildeberg, which is the, the shoot em up stage. I struggled with that for a while. Yeah. The shoot em up stage is one of being some of the hardest ones overall. For yes, me, for sure. So I guess on the island two then, uh, which, which one did you find the hardest? I think... Oof, the hardest might have been also the shoot 'em up stages. Uh, Jimmy the Genie, Jimmy the Great, and Wally oh, Warbles. Right. That's one the ones that I oh. struggled the most. But I've seen a lot of people citing the the Dragon stage. Yeah, that's my that was my hardest. Grimmatchstick. One of the hardest in the game, and it is for sure very very hard. But uh... Grimmatchstick's funny because it's like a combo of a uh, shoot 'em up stage and a normal stage. Because the stage is, is scrolling in the sense that the clouds, the platforms that you're standing on yeah. uh, 
are moving yeah. and and but you're still regular cuphead so at the end the last phase which is why i think it's the hardest part of that stage is that you have to keep navigating the the moving platforms the scrolling platforms while dodging this fucking dragon and uh, in the meantime your chance to hit him is limited because he's shooting projectiles at you if you hit those projectiles then they spread shot out in four directions and because i wanted to use the homing thing i couldn't for that fight because then it's just a bunch of more projectiles in the meantime every once in a while he breathes fire and the only safe spaces are in the top clouds the bottom clouds so i would inevitably fuck up here or there die get angry <laughs> and the first in the first two like portions of the fight they're not hard you get used to them but they're long so it's easy to take a hit and then if you go into that last part of the stage down an hp or two it's even worse but I think I actually used the four hearts for this stage as well because I needed that extra extra hit at the end to, to finish it. But yeah, Grim Match 6 is my first stopping point of like, this is, I gotta put the game down. This is way too hard. <laughs> I mean, and Wally Warbles too. <laughs> I mean, I, I did watch some videos to see other people beat it. And after I watched a video for Grim for the Dragon stage, which, which is very reminiscent of a stage in Mega Man 2, I think. There's a like a green dragon, which is a robot, and there's also like uh, platforms that are either moving or disappearing. I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, for, for that particular stage, I use the chaser until the last part of the uh, the last stage of that boss, where you couldn't use the chaser because it will go for those projectiles. So yeah. I'll, I'll change to the pea shooter in that stage oh. and then just charge my super. So it wasn't. For sure, hard. Here's a little, a little tidbit from the art book. Since you mentioned that, I quickly skimmed it. Uh, for gameplay design, we wanted to create a boss wherein the player would be constantly jumping from platform to platform, having to juggle dodging the attack from the boss while the ground was moving out from underneath them. Our key inspirations for the intense style of encounter were Battleship Dodriguez, the missile-hopping Contra 3 boss, and Mecha Dragon, the block-hopping Mega Man 2 boss. You're right. Oh, there we go. There you go. The art book's fantastic. Uh, so did you? Have, what was your favorite of that? of that one? That's it. I think uh, Beppy the Clown was the yeah, me too. My favorite. A lot of fun. Uh, so all of them are very imaginative, right? All of them have all these details, but some of them just got me, and I was like laughing out loud while I was playing it because they were were so funny. They're so uh, fun, also funny and fun. It's, it's hard. That's a that's a challenging one too. Actually, as a matter of fact, I was mistaken earlier. A friend of the show, Jordan, didn't stop at the first island she got to the second island and i think she couldn't beat beppy the clown and gave up oh uh, okay makes you wonder how far bbq crew would 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 go in this game if he was playing this because <laughs> he's pretty good at that stuff so bbq crew would probably crush it yeah so yeah so island three the last island before the last yeah bosses. that one has more stages yeah, was, it does Jesus. more more bosses i think yeah and so we had uh, it's hard yeah Yes, it is. There's Rumi, Rumor Honeybottoms, Captain Brownie Beard, Calamaria, Dr. Carl's Robot, Werner <laughs> Werner Worman, uh, Sally Stageplay, and Phantom Express. Mm -hmm. And for me, the by far the hardest was Dr. Carl's Robot. Uh, yes. I that stage was destroying me, man. Even though Grim Matchstick was also hard for me, this robot was way harder. This was the first one that made me think, I don't know if I could beat this game. <laughs> I got so stuck on him. Yep. So drained playing him. Mm -hmm. uh, but eventually, you know, I beat him. It just took a really long time. So I must have tried like dozens of times to beat this guy. More than that, even. Yeah. I got. I, I should have checked my death count before we recorded, actually, because you can you can find that out. 
But uh, yeah, so Dr. Carl, Cal, Cal's, Cal's, Cal's. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Cal's robot is for sure the hardest for me in in the whole game, not just the aisle. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? He is harder than than the devil for sure. Yeah, and I hate and, 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 and it partly <laughs> is is difficult because he's not that fun. To play, and it's not predictable either. Like because he, well, not as predictable because there's so many. I don't know the first stage. So so this one, I believe, I try to remember all the stages. So the first stage, I fucking hated the first stage. The first stage was just he has a uh, three. Uh, so his head, his chest, and I guess his crotch all have uh, a different attack. And whenever you destroy, and you have to destroy each one of those three. And every time you destroy them. That attack changes to become an even harder to avoid attack. Yeah. So you, so you kind of want to kill them all at the same time, or be very specific which ones you kill first. Yeah, because it's a, a like pick your poison kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I was never really sure which my poison was because they were all fucking obnoxious. Ugh, yeah. So it took me a lot. So that part would always fuck me a little bit. The next stage isn't that hard actually. When his head's flying around the screen. That's not so bad. Okay, so one thing, like it might not be okay. that hard, but because there's a lot of waiting and patience, yeah, that throws me yeah, off my game. To. When I'm like going for damage and I want to go fast, and then I have to like wait and stuff, I mess up and I get hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have you to you very patiently be avoiding the uh, the homing rockets, and then keeping in mind where the head is going to come from, either from the right side of the screen or the left yeah. side of the screen. And I, it wasn't hard. I I agree. But because of the nature of what you're doing, I would get hit uh, a lot on, on, on that part of the stage. And it just, uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, uh, it is. And then the third, the third part of that, which reminded me of Dr. Wiley, and I'm, I'll, I'll look through the book real quick after I'm done talking, and I'll, I'll bet you that any anything that, that's a reference to it. But basically, the robot, you, you're fighting Dr. Carl now, or Dr. Carl, yeah. and uh, not only is it a bullet hell, it looks like something you might see from like fucking Ikaruga or something, different colored uh, uh, projectiles that fill the screen. That's fine. I can deal with that. But then there's also obstacles coming <laughs> that you have to fly over while trying to avoid all these fucking projectiles. And then every once in a while, he'll pause for a second. But you're trying your best to catch up enough to even get in there to get some shots on him so that, or, or a super on him. That inevitably, I would always fuck up during that fight. Oh, man. It drove me nuts. It was so hard. It was hard. I could see why people would quit there. I'm, gonna, I'm looking for him real quick here in my book. All right, Dr. Carl. Was that the Carl? Let's see what he was based off of gameplay-wise. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, so I thought. So... Behind every giant robot run amok, there's a mad scientist adventurer, inventor, sorry, and Dr. Call, named after legendary animator Milt Call, is, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that right too, wrong too, is Cuphead's own. As, as this was the uh, final shoot em up stage in the game, we felt we could really unleash a true bullet hell barrage against the, barrage, sorry, against the player as the ultimate challenge. An homage to classic evil video game doctors like Mega Man's Dr. Wily and Sonic the Hedgehog's Dr. Robotnik. Yep. We use the robot's head as a makeshift flying pod to complete the tribute. Many of the bad doctor's inventions are references to classic 16-bit shoot-em-up games as well. The skull vis uh, visages in the explosions of the homing bombs, such as which are endorsed with Dr. Kyle's own plumage, are a reference to screen-filling explosions in Toa Plant's Sega Genesis shooter Truxton. The spinning crystal source of all the projectiles in Phase 3 is a nod to the Chaos Emeralds from Sonic the Hedgehog games. Finally, the electrified flying walls were inspired by the Seven Force boss, uh, 
boss fight in Developer Treasures Gunstar Heroes. It's crazy. Yeah. Super cool. Man, this book is awesome. I I really have to go through and read this because there's so many. Like uh, here, it's really funny actually, Sagey. Just a, just a little bit more lore for us, because uh, I turn the page. So the junkyard jive background. That's that's Doctor Call's robots background. Uh, like the usual place for a brilliant scientist to it may not seem like they're like the usual place for a brilliant scientist to design his inventions, but we wanted to convey a little backstory to Doctor Call through the stage. Unable to find the parts he needed in the city, uh, he brings his robot to life amongst the refuse cast off from other citizens. From this background, painter Caitlin Russell started with color mood re references. We strive to give each fight its own palette, and we found some unique and ominous pink and gray tones in games like Castlevania, Dracula X, and Shadow Dancer. We mixed the grimy palette with the scrapyard refuse detailing from the running gun classic Contra Hardcore for Sega and put our own 30 spin on it. Hidden in the pile of rubbish, we snuck in Easter egg references to a number of games, including the Sega Master System Zillion and Fantasy Star, as well as Target Earth for the Sega Genesis and even Mario Kart for the SNES. Some are pretty sneaky, so you'll have to look hard to find them. Dude. That's so cool. So, so much detail. Yeah. Now it's kind of like when I go yeah. back and. I want to find that Mario reference in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's. Sorry. Sorry for the derail. It's just that that stuff is so interesting. Like, I'm really cool. I really find it extra cool that it's not just inspired by. You know, they, they could have just been enough to be like, we're going to make a game that it, it harkens, harkens back to the 30s, and that's it. But it's like not just a love letter to the 30s. It's like. We love games so much, so we're gonna reference and and draw from some of our favorites, and like including some obscure titles, just from the the few bosses that I even looked at. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's really cool, which leads me in a way to one of my favorite fights of this stage of this uh, island, which was uh, uh, Calamaria, and that's because it reminded me of Parodius. Like I think every Parodius game had like a giant mermaid boss. <laughs> And so I was like, I like this one, it, and it was fun. And and out of all the shoot 'em up stages, it wasn't that hard. Except the ending was kind of a pain in the ass. And honestly, I kind of got lucky when I beat her. But uh, I really enjoyed yeah. uh, that, that fight. What about, what was your most enjoyable fight? Yeah, I, I was gonna say, uh, Calamaria is is it's a lot of fun. Uh, the the character design is really good uh, with yeah. the with the octopus, and she's like a, a mermaid, but she's also a Medusa, right? She's a Medusa yeah, yeah. mermaid. <laughs> so, but no, my favorite in this one, and to me, was the funniest stage in the whole game was Sally's stage play. Oh, I thought you were going to say Phantom Express. It was so much fun. It was so funny. I was laughing. I was. I, I thought it was full of detail, and I could get like the narrative of of the whole stage. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, Phantom Express was kind of simpler on the simpler side. That's why I liked it. It was. It was like a breathing stage for me. Mm -hmm. It's like after all the hell I went through with Doctor Carl's robot, Carl's robot, and. And shit, that was uh, to me like, oh, okay, this isn't so hard. I, it's, it's, it's challenging, but not insane. So I guess that kind of leads us to the last yeah. two bosses. The casino. The yeah. Yes. I had, uh, <laughs> you got to see my frustration play out yeah. while playing these. Mm -hmm. Because it took me like two, three days to beat these last two bosses. <laughs> and um, the, the mechanics of the boss before the devil is really interesting. That's the dice, dice king? Uh, king dice. Yeah. King dice. 
Explain about King Dice while I look for my comments on this thing. Yeah, so the cool thing about King Dice stage is that it's, it's completely different. In most boss stages, you just go and you go directly into the boss battle. But King Dice has a intermediate stage where there's a, like a board game and there's a dice that has only one, two, and three, really. And then you jump and then you parry the dice and it stops. And whatever amount it says when it stops, you advance in a very linear board. And there are slots, I guess, in the in the path uh, that are associated with directly with a with another boss. So, for example, if you hit a one in the beginning, you go and fight against the tipsy troop. I hate that fight. I skip it every time. I guess they're like glasses. I think they're like wine bottles, and uh, there's a wine glass, uh, some rum, and a shot glass. Yeah, something like that. And it's really hard. I, I thought I, it I thought it, was, I thought it was really hard. So I always yeah pick, I never fight it. <laughs> I would always pick like uh, number two, which is which is uh, Chip Spedigan. Chip Spedigan, which is yeah really easy. easy. Easiest fight in the game. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that there are three sections, which is numbers one, two, and three, and there's there's, there's like a rest slot. And because yeah. you you can only go up to uh, three, you can hit that rest slot in in the first go. So you have to, at the very least, fight one of the first three bosses, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you can get the timing right, the lowest amount of bosses you can go before King dies is three, right? One from each section. So there, there are groups of three slots. One, two, and three, and then four, five, and seven, and then eight, nine, and, and ten, I guess. Yeah. Right. And I had my paths. Um, I like to first fight... Chips bed again, and then Pip and Dot, which is the domino piece. And then mm. I'll finish with the the eight ball, which is, I think, Mangostein for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my path would you either be Chips bed again or, or Mr. Wheezy. Mm -hmm. Either one of those were fine. Whichever one had the HP is what I'd go for. Pip and Dot or Hopus Pocus. Hopus Pocus was, was tough at me at first until I realized I could parry. Uh, the stuff coming down at me, um, but the 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 horse fear lap or whatever, I I couldn't stand that. Whenever I got that, I would get angry. Yeah. Uh, from the or the eight ball were fine, but Mister Chimes was was fucking obnoxious, and I got really angry when I hit him by accident. It's like it took me a long time to even kind of get a handle on how to roll the dice properly. I was just really bad at timing. Eventually, though, once you do get used to the dice, you can kind of just pick your path, like you were saying. But man, so here's some comments I had had for for this section. Um, I was saying this this is after I beat it, and I was saying that uh, the devil feels a lot better. Although I eventually got angry at the devil too. Um, but I said uh, not waiting for loads or restarting because of bad rolls, etc. Um, so I was saying because you're like, oh man, these loads are killer. Which yeah. those loads are killer. Which they are. Uh, but the, I'm like the execution is too punishing. I'm, or actually, I said too boring. Because it gets to the point where the levels are easy, which makes it even more frustrating when you make a mistake and lose a life, because it hurts more, because you know that you shouldn't have fucked up, but you did. And then you can't really and you can't really train against the boss at this stage because he's at the end of an endurance test to get there. And I thought that it would have been better if you had the rolling then a separate stage for the dice. Like you could have made the bosses a bit harder and then have a separate stage for the dice king. But um I was just getting frustrated because yeah, I, I I did fuck up the rolls a lot. There are times where I, I had like five HP and I was one slot away from the boss and I hit the wrong one 
had to go back to the start. And then I was really frustrated, which makes you think less clearly. So then I hit one of the harder bosses along the way. And then I had to fight that and I would lose HP. I That happened to me more like a handful of times. And I was losing it. I was so angry. I tossed my switch to the, to the chair a few times in disgust. I was being a really unpleasant person to be around for Jordan and Megan because they were up when I was trying to finish it one time. And I was just like really, really hating it. And it was because although the last guy like King Dice isn't he's kind of hard, but if if you have enough HP, he's not too bad because you can just hide in the corner mm-hmm. of the opposite side. Every once in a while, you're probably going to get hit. But as long as you can get there most of the time, it's not too bad. But I, inevitably, I would get there with with a, with like a, a life or two left, and then of course I would lose, and I would get really angry. And also, the boss fight starts instantly. Like, there's no like, you like when the first time you go through, it's okay after the first time. But the first time I made it to, I'm like, all right, here we go. What now? Instantly hit. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I didn't expect them to like attack without waiting, right? So I don't know. I I think this is my least favorite thing in the entire game hmm. but mostly not because of how hard it was because it wasn't as hard as other stuff that we've talked about but it was boring half the time it was boring and monotonous you had to wait for loads which cuphead doesn't have a lot of when you're actually playing the game and and uh a small fuck up can turn into a lot of frustration hmm. and uh i hated that part, of, part and, of it and i don't disagree with that part but still i think that this is in terms of design, in terms of it's the awesome. art, in terms of, of how rewarding it feels and, and the types of things that you have to do to... Because it's not just le- learning patterns. It's, it's For each one of the bosses, you, you do, yes. But it's also you have to think a little bit of where, where the, the extra hit point is. And there's some, some strategy to it. I, I love that. And this is my favorite my favorite stage of, of all the game. Really? Yeah. Wow, it's so funny how we, we differ there. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's a little tidbit from the book. Um, where things really gelled, though, both for King Dice's character and his unique boss battle, was in thinking back to our love of legendary game developer Treasures, 1993 run-and-gun game, Gunstar Heroes, specifically the grueling Dice Palace stage in which players throw a dice and take on a different challenge fight based on the number they get, oh, all in service of collecting a magical gem. This level, and more broadly, the amazing work of Treasure as a developer, left a lasting impression on us, and we couldn't resist the idea of paying homage with a level that was essentially a casino game comprised of different bosses, a boss rush within a boss rush game. Knowing Dice Palace by way of 1930 cartoon uh, was our design goal, really solidified the character of King Dice for us, bringing his aesthetics uh, into focus. So there, there you go. Mm-hmm. Treasure is a great developer. I love Treasure mm-hmm. games too, but I'm, I'm bad at them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then finally we have the devil. What did you think of the devil? Uh, I think narratively, I I liked it, but gameplay wise, it felt after King Dice felt kind of pointless because it wasn't like animation wise is also very different. impressive, but it felt kind of odd. I don't know. Felt, yeah, because the, the dice stage before, although the devil is definitely harder than King Dice, um, it didn't feel unique. It just felt like. A cuphead stage yeah underwhelming i would say well how it felt for being the last boss but narratively it makes sense but if the king die stage is what it is i in a way i'm relieved that it wasn't harder that it wasn't longer that it wasn't this convoluted stage that was just very straightforward boss battle i feel relief from from that point of view but from from another point of view i do feel like it's a little bit underwhelming 
a uh, little tidbit for the book again because well why not use it right um so while the rest of cuphead bosses were developed out of order and concurrently we saved the gameplay design of the devil for last we wanted this final battle to be the absolute culmination of everything we learned while producing the game for the third first phase we wanted to pay homage to the final fight against lucifer in capcom arcade classic ghouls and ghosts uh, seated upon his giant throne, the devil would take the guise of different historical metaphors for devils from different cultures, the goat, the serpent, and the insect, each pertaining to a different challenging attack pattern. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's great. It's actually, it, it, it's not bad at all. It's really, really good. It's just the, the fact that it's after such a great, yeah, great stage, which is a King Dice one. Oh, and here's another fun little tidbit. In totality, the devil has almost 2,500 frames of animation. Worked on by seven artists representing over a year of work hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, man. It's, oh, that's it's crazy. impressive. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so we should go into damage. Let me go first into damage. Yeah. Yep, by all means. Because uh, I don't know, I want to influence you, I guess. You you don't have to worry about me. I've changed my mind since um, since I've had a, a break from it. Oh, we should explain damage first, though, because it could be someone's first time listening. I doubt it, though. Uh, real quick, damage system is a recommendation system that, that is heavily biased by our own thoughts and feelings towards a game. So uh, basically, usually there's three of us or more, and the, but we each represent a heart's full of damage. However, there's only two of us, so it has two hearts. Much like I was at the end of most of the stages in Cuphead, I would only have two hits left because I was bad at the game. Uh, anyways, so we can do either full damage, which means we don't recommend it to anyone and we likely hate the game, or no damage, which means we love the game and would recommend it to almost everyone, or even try to force it on other people, uh, and then everything in between. And so Seiji, by all means, take, take the reins and, and go first. Well, the first thing that one must say about Cuphead and the most notable thing is the art style. It's the artwork is the the amount of, of love and work and sweat. And, and I don't know, it's like the most impressive visually game that I've played for sure. To me, is the prettiest, the most beautiful. It's uh, it's really an achievement in visuals. Now, that mm-hmm. being said, right, because if there was an animation that looked like this, I would recommend it to people. It is not just an animation. It's, it's, a, it's a video game. Now, right. the game is hard. Sure, it is hard. <laughs> but it, there's a lot of games out there that in order for you to really enjoy them, you have to progress up to a certain point, I, I'd say. You have to really take your time, play the games, learn the systems, go through the story, and then you can have a proper evaluation of what that game is for in order mm-hmm. for you to really really enjoy it i don't think cuphead is that kind of game i think you can play the game enjoy it play maybe the first aisle maybe a couple of bosses you see it and you experience it and you're going to experience something that is unique in gaming that is a great achievement and it's something that you will never forget i think if you love games this is a game that you should play whatever amount you don't have to beat it you just have to experience it you have to play it. you have to look at it and feel feel how it feels it might not be the game for you but you should play it because it's so unique it's so good it's so pretty it's so uh i run out of words of how to define it and for that reason alone i must go with no damage 
because I think this is a game that everybody, every lover of games should play it even just a little bit. You know what I mean? It's not, I feel that there are certain games that I would say, oh, this game's so hard. Like you, you cannot beat it. You cannot get to the good part. You cannot enjoy it thoroughly if you don't have a certain level of proficiency, if you don't have a love for a specific genre or anything like that. This game, you know, you might not love running guns. You might not love, you know, games that are particularly hard, but you will get something out of this. And that's why I think everybody should play it. Uh, Rob from May 15th said, I'm stuck in the last boss. I have progressed from having fun to being angry. Seiji, how far? Me. Uh, sorry, past Rob from the 15th. Third phase. But the problem is losing HP before I get to the second phase. I inevitably fuck up. I really wanted to do no damage for Cuphead, but it's impossible now. It can be so fucking hard that I can't handle it. But that doesn't even feel hard, but I keep losing. Uh, that Rob's an idiot. What a dummy. He doesn't know shit about nothing. Don't listen to him. I'm not going to listen to him. I'm... <laughs> I'm refreshed. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks, and uh, mm -hmm. I love Cuphead. No way, man. Uh, so I feel accomplished and proud beating Cuphead. I had it really made me work for it, but like she, I'm calling Cuphead Machine now. She was worth it. Uh, we're in a, we're in a great relationship. It's very healthy. We had our ups and downs, but you know we worked through our problems, and uh, I think we're we're going to be together for the long haul. Being Cuphead. Um, I love her, and I and I want to let everybody know. I'm telling, I'm confessing. I love, I love Cuphead. It, she's beautiful. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop that metaphor now. No, Cuphead is, is fantastic, uh, and it Cuphead is beautiful. Uh, it, it's just just for that alone, and this will be echoing a lot of what Sage said, anyways. But just just for that alone, it's it's worth playing. And like, I always go from the, I go through my mindset. My mindset is, I must beat a game to enjoy it. And that's not true, but that's how I, I approach every game. I beat it because it's my OCD, and I feel better having finished the game in, in the most vain way possible of achieving credits. Arbitrary choice of credits being I beat a game, I'm happy, I can put it on one of my fucking lists that I really like to have, and I feel good, and, and that, that helps my brain uh, enjoy something more. But that's not how most people play games. I don't think everybody plays a game with the, with the if they don't beat it, then they didn't enjoy it kind of thing. And I think Cuphead's a great example of a game where you don't need to beat it to enjoy it. You're going to get relatively the same experience from the beginning until the end. Um, and the better you get and the more you want, then, yeah, it gets t tougher. But you're, but it's still hot, tough for you at the beginning, too, because you're learning how to play the game. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's so all the bosses are unique. They all have all they have multiple phases. They're all they're all fun and different and fun to, to play. So there, there's no you're not missing out, in my opinion. If you stop at the second island, you're not you're missing out more great content, but not better content. Uh, it's all good. It's all evenly good content. And so from that perspective, which I don't usually think of, I, I think it's great. Like if, if you only make it to the first uh, through the first island, then you feel good. Did you if you enjoyed it, which you probably did, even if it was just looking at it, then uh, I think that's an, in itself worth playing the game. And also we should support we should support unique endeavors like this like this is an indie game because it would have to be an indie game because you're not going to get a big company to be like oh 2500 frames of animation for one final boss that let's say 10 percent of the fucking people are even going to make it to we're not doing that are you crazy uh but a game like this which is done from passion and love it, it, you can see it on on the execution 
And I realize in the world we live in, of course, you can't have every game be like this. It's just not the way it works. But that just makes a game like this stand out even more. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's so much respect to gaming, to animation, to art in this. And uh, it's just so good, man. It's so good. So uh, no damage from me. I love this game. And I think everybody should try it. And don't beat yourself up too much if you can't get super far in it because it is a hard game. But uh, it's worth playing. And worth supporting and worth encouraging more developers who can take that uh, indie route and make a game that's something they love or based on things they love. We should support that, I think. So I think everyone should play Cuphead. That's where I would put applause. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but yeah, Cuphead is great. It's hard though, so keep that in mind. But it's worth it's worth playing. Well, Seiji, we picked another great game. It's three pretty damn good games in a row. Do you think we'll get we'll hit a home run uh, for the fourth game? Do you think we'll have another great game? I'm not really sure. We're playing a classic for sure. We're playing a classic. Um, if we had fans, they would it would be a game they might you know would be clamoring for. Hey, when are you guys gonna play this game? But no one has ever asked us to play any game. We never get requests to play games. That's disappointing. If you guys have a, a recommendations for games, especially if they're available on Switch, because it's the easiest thing for us all to play, feel free to, to let us know. Anyways, that's the bonus barrel. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob. I'm Seiji. Have a delightful day.